biggest games. The biggest events. Wow, the crowd is on their feet. The biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I thought it was just in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I'm Rachel Dew and I'm joined by Christina Kelly on the desk today with Jacob Wolf calling in from Austin. How are you guys doing? Doing great. I uh, kind of wish I were in Austin. I figure the weather's probably better there, right, Jacob? Yeah, it's like 65 degrees. Oh, I, uh, I went outside today and nothing, but like I just went to work outside like, in a tank top and shorts, and I feel yeah, like uh, no remorse. Uh, in comparison to doing the same thing in, <laughs> no in Connecticut. Yeah, so. um, we got like 12 inches of snow last week, which was, it was great. Yeah, great today, we're, today we're supposed to get also like snow and rain or something like that. It's, it's gross. Wow, I didn't know it was going to snow again today, um, but um, that's great. <laughs> but, oh, and I forgot Tarika, our lovely podcast producer. Hi, Tarika. I'm here. Hello. She, she's not on the other side of the glass today, which is nice, but next to me. How you doing, Tarika? I'm doing okay. Great. Um, all right. So let's just dive right into it then. Um, let's talk about B7, our Smash tournament that takes place in Sweden. And where would you guys say B7 usually rates on the list of Smash tournaments in the year with, let's say, Genesis or Evo being up there like the Super Bowl or something? Um, well, I'm looking at uh, the Smash Wiki. B6 had uh, 410 entrants for melee singles. And right now, if you look at Smash.gg, the number of entrants for melee singles is basically that. Um, for Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, last year is 267. This year, it's so far, it's broken 300. So that's seen some growth. And they're adding a Street Fighter V. Yes. Oh, and of course, they also have uh, Smash 64. Smash 64, yes. Um, and yeah, they're adding Street Fighter V singles. So, I mean, it's it's certainly not up there with Genesis, but it seems like they're they're trying to grow. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Jacob? Uh, to me, it's like, you know, a lot, and I don't really like the terming that the Smash community uses for these kind of tournaments. They usually call things like Genesis and Evo and CEO super majors, right? And I really hate that term because I think those should just be called majors. So, like, those are those are your major tournaments, right? Like, they're the equivalent to your, like, ESL1 Cologne and your E-League major in Counter-Strike and, like, your League of Legends international events like an msi and those are like the same equivalent for the smash scene so uh, i would i would call this like a premier tournament it's like a step down but it's like it's not like a local it's not like a regional it has a lot more prestige and a lot more money on the line um but yeah overall like this is it's going to be a big tournament it is definitely the biggest in europe too so i think it's i think i would, I would use the word premier and then i would refer to the other major tournaments like big house and ceo evo and genesis as, as majors so Interesting. Um, yeah, well, like you said, there's a lot of big candidates coming up in this competition. We have Armada, Leffen, SFAT, ICE, and we have pretty much a pretty stacked list of notable attendees for these tournaments. And I'm pretty excited for the doubles tournament as well. I just, I really like seeing Armada and his brother duo together. And Christine and I were talking about this during lunch today, but yeah, we hope that pairing like lasts forever. Yeah, um, so I think it's interesting because yeah, so for the for melees, right? You have like Nintendo, you have this kid Boogie, who's apparently a really really good jazz composer who knows my sister. 
Wait, really? He yeah. Is, by, by the way, shout out to this kid, uh, Boogie. I played in uh, pools last year at DreamHack Austin, and he bodied me. <laughs> he was in my pool, and I made it out second before forfeiting because I like didn't have time the following days. Wait, but I need more details. Crap. What did you play? I played Melee. No, I uh, mean, like, like what DreamHack character? Austin. Oh, I played Marth at the time. That was before. Um, that was before I switched. Like, decided to switch to Fox. But the long story is, is that uh, when I was working at Daily Dot, uh, there was we did like this beer cup tournament where we had like barbecue and beer at the Daily Dot house because our office was basically a, a townhome. Um, and I ended up playing Lucky for like 15 sets. And Lucky told me that my Fox was so much better than everything else, but I didn't believe him. So I played Marth in the Ice Climbers, which is never fun. Uh, and this kid beat me, but I did make it out second. I did beat everybody else. So, Wait, why have I um, never heard this story before? That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like anything special because it was just bulls. But like, yeah, he, he like I have a really bad problem with ice climbers. I even warmed up with wobbles before before playing in two, and it just didn't help. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so while there's like uh, a lot of really great names for melee, I'm looking at you know we use singles, mm-hmm. and there's Mr. R who is amazing yeah um but like it's not com- it's not that notable yeah everybody seems I mean, to be much I, more I excited about two there, right? like, mm-hmm. yeah i studying is in there and i think he's really good i think he's pretty underrated but he doesn't like the problem is he's the reason he hasn't made like the pg list is because he doesn't uh travel a lot internationally oh, okay but he's from the netherlands and he doesn't have a team so like getting him a visa is really difficult to get into the u.s um mr r actually was just trying to get his visa and then uh, the travel ban happened, and he wasn't able to, or like he got a notice from the uh, Danish embassy that he wasn't going to be allowed into the U.S. But now that that's like, now that that's suspended or whatever, I think he'll be fine. But he's like, he's basically working with Elevate now to try and get a visa to come over more. But that's kind of like, that's kind of the whole story of people in, in Europe, uh, especially in Smash Four, because it's a smaller game. Yeah. Like, if you don't have a team, you usually can't come to the U.S. because one costs are astronomically higher. And then also, like, you, you struggle to get an athlete's visa or just any kind of visa at all without some kind of money behind you. So, And that's um, what makes tournaments like B7 super important because you don't really get to see that level of competition, like, Yeah, exactly. You don't, get to see, you don't get to see a lot of European players except at Evo either because a lot of them just don't, like, they don't feel like putting in the money because it's so expensive to come to, like, Florida for CEO and come to California for Genesis. And, like, it's really expensive if you don't have somebody with, with financials behind you. And the problem is that Smash 4 is smaller and Europe is such a small thing. And, like, yeah. literally looking at this list, there's some notable names from Europe, but, like, besides Mr. R and I studying, there's really not anyone who's been publicized. Yeah, like, for sure. On a, on a larger basis. And the only reason I studying got publicized is because last year at Beast, he beat, uh, I think he beat ESAM and MVD using Greninja, which was, like, pretty pretty notable back then so like i think yeah that was kind of like why he got noticed at beast i think he came in like third or something last year which is cool but um yeah i uh, studying yeah. came in second actually Usam was third mvd was fourth so that's okay pretty, yeah yeah, yeah. he was awesome. really good i studying was really good last year i know that he placed in like the top four um and yeah second that doesn't surprise me like that that's a really good finish for him and again like because he doesn't have a team it's really hard for him to find find people who are willing to give him the money and, and like get him to the U.S. Otherwise, he'd probably be ranked a lot higher, and right. he'd actually probably make the, the top 50 of the Panda Global list. So. Right. Well, let's jump back into Melee because there are a lot of no- notable names in that pool, and we have Armada, who arguably was the Smash player of 2016, and he won B6 um, last year in singles. He took second in doubles with his brother. 
Would we agree that Armada is looking like the favorite coming into this tournament? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're done. That's it. (laughs) Um, So another really interesting thing is I feel like a really underrated rivalry um, at these sort of tournaments is the Armada-Leffen rivalry, which is kind of always overshadowed by Mango and Armada or Mango-Hungrybox or, you know, any of those three Hungry Hungrybox-Armada, which yeah. is like the set that we saw like a billion times in 2016 exactly. and 2015. Exactly, yes. And yeah. um, I hope it, I really hope it becomes a bigger thing in 2017. And with B7, I just really look forward to seeing their matchup. Um, I really hope Leffen can retain his God Slayer name. Um, there aren't many gods in this tournament, but... I hope he can hold his own against S-Fat and Ice so that he can eventually face off against Armada. There are, there are a few people in this list that weren't um, that weren't here last year. Uh, like, I don't think Drug Fox was at Beast last year. I don't think Discid was at Beast. I don't think Slox was at Beast last year. So there's like a there's a few notable names from like the top 50 that are really good. And shout out to Slox because he's the uh, really the only good New England melee player uh, nowadays, and he lives in Connecticut. So. Um, yeah, what, what, about <laughs> what about Mafia? What about Mafia? Mafia's good, but like, still, you know, like the Sox, Sox usually like actually plays very, very well at a high level. Um, and he's pretty challenging. He did well at Genesis. Um, but I mean, there, there's like looking at the list, like I, I would expect pretty good performances from Ice. Um, yes, because he's good. Very yeah, techy, he's, very he's, consistent. He looks much. He looks much better than normal. Uh, the Moon should also probably play pretty well. Yeah, I feel like uh, the S-Fat, moon has a lot of momentum right now. For sure. Yeah, Sfat looked a little slumpy um, at Genesis, so I hope that he can get, get it back together and play well here, but yeah, it, you know, I mean, obviously Professor Pro is someone who's like a, a European like notable name as well. Um, good player in the UK. I'm and, kind of excited uh, to see Nintendude, actually. I haven't seen him really? for a while. Oh, why so? Um, because like, well, he He's a cool guy. I hung out with him when he first got his job at Twitch and and moved out to San Francisco. And uh, yeah, I just kind of I like to watch his play, and I just haven't really heard a lot from him recently. Okay, I think he's been really busy with his job. Like, yeah, I, I imagine. Play, I haven't I haven't seen him play a lot of the like NorCal locals yeah. and stuff with like Shroomed and Sbad PPU uh, PPU at all. So um, yeah, I don't know. Like, he he's definitely good, but he I think he's been a little out of commission. Um, and I think that. Like he used to practice a lot with people in, in DBA before he moved, so I can I can imagine one the job probably takes up a lot of his time. And I also don't under, I don't know if he has a really good relationship with all the NorCal guys. So um, besides the Twitch guys like Scar and Toe, but yeah, uh, he he should be interesting. I mean, the two best Ice Climber players are going to be at this tournament, so we'll see if anybody gets upset because that's the one character that people still don't understand. Let's like, jump back to Ice really quick because. Um... I think he's going to perform really well here. And, I mean, this guy is really known for being super consistent, like having amazing reaction time. And he's 13th on SSBM rankings. And, I mean, I think they used to call him the European Mewtwo King. Um, I mean, I think we can safely say that he is going in that direction. And I know he disappointed at Genesis, but I think 2016 was a pretty monumental year for him. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I think that he's going to perform really well. Yeah, the, the guy has an amazing work ethic. Like listening to yeah, uh, listening to his interview um, after uh, I forget what tournament it was last year. Um, yeah, just him talking about how he practices against like level nine computer, and now he actually has kind of the funding to go practice with like other really good players. So like, wow! Imagine this guy's skill ceiling, right? 
For sure. Yeah, I think I mean I think that that's one of the important notes in melee specifically is that you look at a lot of these guys and like a year ago none of them had teams that could actually and like could actually send them. Like you look at like it wasn't too long ago that SPAT like into twenty fifteen SPAT didn't have a team, so he didn't have money to go anywhere. Uh same thing with Ice, uh same thing with the Moon. Uh there's like a lot of names on here that now have funding behind them and, and can actually like go out and, and play at these kind of events that are not like super majors, you know. So I think that that's a big change in melee that's going to keep going up this year because everybody, there's a lot of people that are still like that don't have teams like Professor Pro and Drug Fox that are on this list that definitely deserve them. So um, it's good to see that, that these people like have backing behind them, especially some organizations that are reputable. So Right. So I kind of want to open up the floor right now. Are there any other players you guys are looking forward to seeing? Isaiah. Why is that? Because he's Isaiah. You know, <laughs> don't get hit. Like, I uh, last time I saw Isaiah, well, I mean, the only time I've seen him um, play in person was Genesis 3, actually. And just, like, the reverence and, like, you know, this guy's, like, so kind of mysterious and very independent. And now he's, you know, showing up at B7. Like, man, you know, uh, he was he was also just, like, out of the scene for a while. But I guess now he's really back. What about you, Jacob? I, I actually have a hilarious story about Isaiah. So um, the I think it was the first night of Genesis Four. Um, we were I was walking with Zero and his girlfriend Vanessa to go back to their hotel room to interview him. And um, as we were walking, we saw Isaiah on the phone. Uh, and Zero was like, "Oh my God, I want a picture. Can you take a picture of me with him?" And he's like, "I'm gonna." Look. We basically just sat there and waited for him to finish his phone call. And Zero was like, "Isaiah, Isaiah, can I like, can I get a picture?" And and Zero like had all his gear on for CSM and everything too. And I got a picture of them together uh, for Zero. And <laughs> he Zero looks at Isaiah and is like, "Do you know who I am?" And Isaiah was like, "Nope, just had really? no clue no. Who, who he was talking to." He's Isaiah. It's fine. He must know him now. It was so innocent. (laughs) That is, wow. I mean, that's what I love about Smash because, like, the scene is so intimate that you really get to experience these kind of moments of, you know, one professional player fangirling over another, fanboying, excuse me. It was it was really cool too because like uh, I, I I took the picture on my phone and I like posted it to Twitter and I was like gods of different eras and uh, and it was like I don't know it got like a bunch of retweets and but it was really funny that that like Isaiah just had no clue it was just so innocent it was it was really gave me a really good kick uh, out of the weekend that week. So. <laughs> it is interesting that B six had. Uh, a Project M singles tournament, which and, is a mod of yeah, which is which is a mod of Brawl that basically tries to make it a little more like melee, melee in certain ways. So it's like not official, you know. Had some issues with Nintendo over the years. Um, uh, yeah, so um, but you know, still a very passionate core community, and so I, I think this is kind of an interesting trend trend with respect to you know, what is Project M's place in this community? Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, I mean, the, the the short of that is, like, if you put a Project M tournament on your tournament card, you're not going to ever get Nintendo money or Nintendo assistance and promotion. So, like, it's pretty much, like, a dead end, which is why a lot of tournaments have pulled it. That's why all the majors that used to have Project M tournaments don't have Project M tournaments anymore because it, it basically, like, puts you on, like, a... Nintendo soft block list, which is kind of weird. So, like, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's like the short of it. I think that also in Europe in particular, there's not like a huge Project M scene. I would say the pockets for Project M is like Dallas, Texas, uh, and then California has a few players that are really good. But besides Professor Pro, the Project M scene is actually really small in Europe and at, at the moment anyway. So even if Beast wasn't like, the, I don't think they're depending on Nintendo because I don't see anything about it. But um, even if they were like, or even if they uh, aren't, like, I, I just don't know if there would be enough attendance for that because it's really tiny in Europe nowadays. So. I mean, is it still alive, the Project M mod? Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you go, uh, so, like, the mod is dead, but, like, the latest version of the mod is what everybody used. They, they stopped patching it because there's, like, a lot of different rumors of what happened, but that's kind of unimportant. The, the short of it is that the development team shut down, and a lot of their project heads moved to a, a development student studio called uh, Wave Dash, that's they're making a fighting game. Oh, yeah, those um, guys. I love those guys. Interesting. Yeah, they, oh, some of them are ex-Project M folks. Um, super nice guys. Uh, but literally the only place that, that I know of, like in the U.S., off the top of my head, where it's really active is in Dallas, Texas, because they have a really big um, they have a really big Project M scene. But, and I used to go up there and cast for them as well for PM. So, Wait, you're a caster, uh, Jacob? Yeah, I That's did. That's awesome. For a while. Nice. Wow, you and Christina um, were both casters. I feel very yeah, left out. I, I did. Uh, I did that, and like I used to just drive two hours up the road from my old house and go do that. But like that's the, really the only place I know that they're they, like they can throw a project monthly in, or uh, a monthly project in tournament and get like three hundred entrants, which is kind of crazy for a local. So yeah. Well, we have more esports action coming up after the break. But for more content, you can check out ESPN.com slash esports. We're going to take a short break right now. But when we come back, we'll be talking League of Legends with Tyler Erzberger. TSM has a super stack matchup this weekend. And how will they fare? Who will prevail between G2 and Unicorns of Love with both teams leading their groups? Find out when we come back. Welcome back to the League of Legends. Oh my god, not League of Legends, the ESPN Esports podcast, but basically the League of Legends podcast, too, for our second half. Um, we have Tyler Erzberger on. Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Wow. Lots of hatred in that. Tyler. <laughs> um, I love League of Legends. It's the best. <laughs> um, all right, really well, great game. Let's just dive right into it. We have... TSM, who has a super stacked weekend matchup, and TSM is one of those teams that we we had such high expectations, or maybe not not all of us, but some of us, did. Some of us had <laughs> high expectations for them coming into the spring split, but they just really look off kilter, and I mean, what's up with them, Tyler? Like, Bjergsen and Sven just don't look like they're in form. I mean, Bjergsen is still the best player in the league, but... I, mean, I have I have know. a writer who would argue with you against that. We have our fantasy expert Leo Howell who argues that Jensen is actually a better mid laner. Okay, okay. In, in the in current in the current league, yes, Jensen is the better mid laner. But overall, he's still I would still say if I had to pick an if I was drafting a team, I would still pick Bjergsen number one. But I mean, TSM shot calling and just general movement around the map has been lackluster. And they really have not had an identity all season long. The absence of double lift has been really big on their shot calling. And you see yep. teams like FlyQuest, who are very decisive, fast, and have a much have a much better early game presence, getting you know ahead of them in the standings. I mean, right now the game is so early game focused on junglers that it's been pretty difficult for TSM, who's usually been a late game, mid game 
you know, centric team to get rolling. For sure. And they, I mean, speaking of FlyQuest, they're playing FlyQuest this weekend along with Cloud9. So probably not a great record for their, I mean, probably not a great score for their record so far. Um, There's literally one word that will describe this weekend with TSM. And it's going to be a meme, but it's true. Clapped. Did you just say plaque, like the stuff on your No, I said, I said clapped. Just like Jensen <laughs> said he was going to clap Taker. He's oh. actually going to clap TSM. Clap. Okay. Clap. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, and on the other hand, we have Cloud, Cloud9 really climbing the rankings and going undefeated so far. And that's pretty awesome because I've always wanted to see Cloud9 take over TSM in that rivalry. Like every time in the finals in the spring split. I think Cloud9 is going to do it, and TSM always comes back. But I think this is going to be the split that Cloud9 really dominates, and they're probably going to head to MSI as a result of it. Jacob, why don't you go first? I was going to say, I'm hesitant to say that Cloud9 will remain undefeated for the entire yeah. season because we saw Immortals get taken out by COD last year, like when that happened, if we remember that in spring. Um, but I don't know. Like it, it's. It's one of those things, like, I just hope that they don't get complacent, and then they probably can be the best team in the league through playoffs and everything else. But I think I actually, like, really commend them for not going to Caviche. I think that's really intelligent because I think it's better to practice at home. And also uh, Carmack from, uh, just as, like, a side note, Carmack from ESL said on Twitter that a lot of the North American teams uh, declined the invite for Caviche. Wait, interesting. Why do you think that is? Wouldn't they want that international experience? No, I think a lot of them. Um, I think a lot of them actually like just flat out want to practice each other and get better uh, it, because now MSI actually matters so much more than it used to, um, especially because of like the extra world spot and, and like the things that are on the line. So I think that a lot of the NA teams are much more committed to winning the region so they can get to MSI. So I think that that's probably a little bit of the mindset. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like the whole retroactive thing we were talking about. Like, a lot of the teams didn't know the MSI roles when they were building teams. Like, Immortals is a good example. And a lot of the, like, they didn't know that MSI was going to change. So they built, like, a summer team, right? Um, or, like, a, a long-term training team. Um, but, like, you look at you look at things like Cloud9, and I think it's really smart to just stay at home and, and scrim one another uh, and then figure out how you're going to win, like, keep winning like this and be able to transition it into playoffs. Tyler, what do you think? Uh, on Cloud9, for one, they should not be undefeated. FlyQuest should have beaten them. Cloud9 were not, were not impressive this week. They they actually showed a lot of holes in their game. Uh, Contracts, who's been very good all season long, looked very rookie-ish against the likes of uh, Rainover on uh, Friday, and then he got beat again by Moon on Sunday. So his the, the mid-jumble control for Cloud9 has been kind of shaky. Impact off of tanks did not look as good as he is when he's on tanks. So Cloud9, I would be shocked if they went undefeated this season. They do not look anywhere near Immortals last like uh, last spring when Immortals were just running through people. But Immortals I also only he, played one kind of play style. Yeah, but that is exactly true. But since it was a best of one series, like it was best of one back then, so right, it was very yeah. easy to you know just to spam. That and immortal, I would say on paper, immortals individually were better than Cloud Nine individually. From if you're just comparing last year to this year, especially when contract is so new, and you're comparing contracts to Rainover, 
reigning number one MVP in contracts, who's very good. And I will say, in I believe probably by the end of the year, he'll probably be one of the top three youngers in the league. But right now, he showed a lot of, you know, growing pains against Moon, who has really stepped up with high giving him confidence. And he's really showing that he's one of the top, right now, one of the top two or three junglers in the league. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if Cloud9 didn't impress you this week, were there any teams that did impress you? Echo Fox? Uh, Echo Fox, I would say, weirdly enough, Echo Fox and Immortals both really impressed me. A lot of people will watch the Immortals versus Dignitas series and chastise Immortals for not playing more aggressive, but Dignitas played probably one of the worst games I've ever seen, where they literally gave up two Barons, two Elder Dragons, and their entire base without a single fight. Immortals, all Immortals did was poke them down over and over, and Dignitas walked away. And people are like, why aren't Immortals, you know, fighting or, or doing anything? I'm like, why should they? When you're winning the poke war and can just walk into their base, why do anything? Immortals right. looked very clean, and then they destroyed Team Liquid, who had a very close series versus Cloud9 the day before. So Immortals looks like they're getting together. I think they can be a top four, top five team if, you know, Ole, Flame start picking up. And Pole Belter, who... Looked like one of the worst players the first few weeks. If he can get back to the form he was last year, Immortals look really good. And then with Echo Fox, their early game is the best in the league. Acadian right now, for me at least, is the best rookie in the split, one of the best players in the league. And as long as they can – yeah, he's, he's, he's a beast. He's, he's come out of nowhere, and he has the top kills in the entire league by like 13, which is amazing. He's a rookie who no one – he had no hype around him. No one really talked about him, and he has the most kills in the league. As and long Acadian as, is, is on is Christina's it? fantasy team, right? Um, Froggen is, and I also have Jensen and Moon, so I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, yeah. Is, is it like weird to say, Tyler, that my criticism of Echo Fox coming into the split was not focused around Acadian, but focused on the people that they retained? Slash Gate. Like, I actually thought he would be the least... Like least problematic member on that on that team. Like I actually expected him to be okay. It's probably because you follow the Challenger series and the players there and know the players more than most people. So we were bringing up Katie and like people had no idea who he was. Echo Fox's main problem has been communication in the mid and late game and their you know shot calling. With you know with Looper who doesn't know English that very well, like if they can get Looper on the same page and they can start playing well in the late game, Echo Fox can. They they can be the best team in the league, which sounds very weird since I came in the season thinking they had a very awkward configuration, but yeah, they're early. Sure. They're early. I mean, as long as the meta does not shift. The yeah. Meta, if the meta shifts, all bets are off. But yeah. right now, this meta, Acadian is the best jungler in the league. I actually think if, if the meta were to shift and focus more on the late game, I actually think they'd be okay, too, aside from the shot calling <laughs> perspective. Like, I think... I think Froggen's a solid player in the late game, and I think Acadian is actually a lot more versatile than people would give him credit. I mean, my, my like, whole criticism for that team is basically just, like, on Keith and Gabe, like, because they're a lot weaker than a lot of the top bot lanes in the team, and then Blooper just, like, not having someone that mm. can help him. Like, that's the whole... That's why I didn't understand why they picked up Blooper by himself, because mm. um, Blooper has always been a player that you have to pair with the Korean support to get the best out of him. Like, you have to pair him with someone who can assist him and, and like call his TPs like Mata used to. You know? All right, you well, have to, that, I think that either way, it's, it's still really early in the split, and 
Um, I guess we can safely say that people are going to start screaming Echo Fox, which wasn't a thing before, as we all know that before most teams I, basically uh, rejected scrims. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can say that because that that wasn't a performance thing, right? Like that. No, I it was a deeper. Th- yeah, I was definitely behind the scenes. Something was happening, but yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, you're not going to reject a scrim against a team that's on the up, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's not really again, like it's not really a player decision. It's not really even like a player management thing. It's it's literally just because of of like industry politics, and I think that. Um, I honestly think that one that's just an industry politics thing, but they've been screaming people who are not bad. They've been screaming like E United and Goldcoin who are like both really good challenger teams. teams. So it's like they're they're like not like they're not losing a lot of practice. They're just losing like the losing practice that, that matters almost, right? Like just top LCS teams and stuff and, and all of that's because of industry politics and like yeah. There there's plenty to read up on, on the internet if you want to find it, but like I don't know. I don't know just because they're playing well if that's going to open up that for them. But if it does, I certainly will will probably be one of the first people to know. So. All right. Well, we're all out of time. But before we wrap up really quickly, I forgot to mention that the EU LCS has a really big match this week, which is between G2 Esports and Unicorns of Love. Um, let's just go around and give our final prediction scores for the series. I'm going to start and say G2 is going to win 2-1. What about you, Tyler? You, uh, Unicorns of Love by the score of 2-1. Two, two, Jacob? G2, 2-1. Christina? I'm going to say Unicorns is going to sweep. Wow. All right. So split down the middle. And I think that's a good way to wrap things up, but we're all out of time. Oh, yeah. It's also also just a notable mention while we're, like, on the G2 stuff before we wrap up. Uh, G2 is also – G2 also just – or ESL just announced that they are replacing Cloud9 at IEM as well this morning. So, um, yeah. No American Interesting. Um, all right. Well, thanks for interrupting my outro, Jacob. Um, but we're Sorry. all of, it's okay. We're all out of time. But thank you, Jacob, Christina, and Tyler for joining me and giving me your insight today. And thank you, Tarika, for making the podcast happen. You can follow us on Twitter at ESPN underscore esports. I'm at Rachel Younggu. Christina is at Pina SC. Jacob is at Jacob N Wolf. Tyler is at Fion on Fire, and Tarika is at Shino Sports underscore. Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.